0: Hey everyone. I just want to welcome you guys back. Uh, We are doing another one of these cutting room floors, which we do kind of at the end of every uh, series. And we just finished our series on infectious faith. And uh, it's been an awesome summer series. I have felt blessed through the whole process. We've had some uh, just good uh, conversations, good challenges, and um, some awesome speakers. Um, Not just us, but we had a guest as well. And it was just a great time of uh, really, um, I don't know, just coming together, uh, being connected with one another and, uh, all of that. So, uh, Russ, would you real fast, like just redefine, I mean, we, we talked
1: about that first week, mm-hmm. infectious faith. Um, what do you, what do we mean by that? Well, you know, I think, you know, what I did in opening up the series was just went straight to Jesus, uh, great commission and really being mm-hmm. able to see it and not so much as isolated, like, okay, I'm living my life over here, and now, oh, I see someone that needs Jesus. All of a sudden, I'm putting on this infectious attitude, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's as we're going through life, in all of life, there's something that we're carrying with us, and it's the Jesus bug, so to speak, mm-hmm. and and it's that desire and that openness to just be transparent and real, and uh authentic and then inviting others into what we're already living into which is this this kind of this living connection with Jesus.
0: Yeah, I thought it was uh it, that was such an important understanding is it's not necessarily that we're putting on our time to go out and share Jesus hat uh mm-hmm. and or, or ever really taking that off more no. so uh that we're always kind of in that mode as Christians. And uh, it doesn't matter if you work at a church or you're just a stay-at-home mom or you're working at a corporation or wherever you're working, right? It, we are always called to share God's love and his, our faith with those people around us.
1: Yeah, and then realizing that that's with believers, people who already are already convinced and, and on the Jesus journey, and those who aren't. And so it's it's a way of life, almost that every conversation every interaction and everything we're doing in life has the potential to infect someone uh, for the Lord in a positive way. And so that's discipleship, which is, you know, uh, something of Jesus working in me, rubbing off on you. And, and it works back to me too. It's like, mm-hmm. as even as I may be sharing or influencing someone, they are influencing me hopefully to grow closer to Christ.
0: Yeah, definitely. I feel like we we probably all have that experience with, Uh, When you go and you uh, meet with someone and you're ministering to them um, and really you're God's ministering to you through that person's situation, even if they're going through a hard time, you're seeing God's presence in their life. And that's that's a blessing to us. Um, Yeah,
2: definitely. One of the things that I think it was very important for all of us to be reminded of and also for the congregation to to be reminded of is that we have this invitation at the end of the day you know god the holy spirit is the one who transforms who mm-hmm. really makes that final uh, touch we are invited we are commanded to share and and to do our part but it is also so freeing to know that we don't have to carry that huge responsibility of yeah. saving people verdad que no no tenemos esa responsabilidad de de preocuparnos de que nosotros tenemos que salvar a la gente, sino hacer nuestra parte en la gran comisión, que es compartir del Señor y llevarlos a los pies de la cruz, nada okay. más. Uh,
0: uh, Martina, I mean, that leads me uh, to think of your challenge for us on this whole uh, "No Longer Strangers" initiative. You, you had the, I think it was the third sermon of the series, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just such a great, uh, I don't know, just the way that you kind of went about it, uh, talking about how uh, before we're ready a lot of times to share our faith with people out there, that we should first practice with one another here. Uh, and I just thought that was such a cool challenge and uh, led us into a great uh, kind of campaign for the month of July. i um, uh, just wondering if you had any more to yeah, share on that. Yeah, no,
2: I, I, it's, it's, so, it, it's so intimidating for somebody who hasn't shared uh, their faith with other people to, to think, ah, but how do I do this, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I learned something in back in uh, elementary school uh, that really helps my brain function. It is to define the what, the who, the how, and the when. You know, I, I try to simplify everything <laughs> into those <laughs> four uh, things. So, and, uh, and you know, that, that message was all about the how do we share the, the mm-hmm. faith? As an educator, I was sharing with the congregation that you know the best thing to do is to practice. You know, practice makes makes perfect. You mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. why not sharing our faith? So the No Longer uh, Strangers initiative it's, it 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 accomplishes two purposes. Number one, to get together over the summer to to be a family, to be a spiritual family, and uh, and also share your faith, share your story. Uh, because that is how you start practicing by telling your 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 story. So yeah I was very excited. That was it was a good response from people. You know they are they understand you know our congregation understands the need of being together and also taking this get together to the next level in term in terms of uh, spirituality. Let's share. Vamos a, mm. a compartir la fe la iniciativa está de, 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 de juntarnos en el verano y practicar cómo compartir nuestra fe
0: Which kind of right after that, um, you kind of segued into what you ended up sharing next, Russ, which was the fact that, uh, like, what do we share, right? What is the reason for our hope? And um, just kind of walked us through um, a a good challenge of just, like, uh, writing some of those things down and really dwelling on some of those things. And I'm just wondering if uh, you had any responses to that, or um, do you hear any kind
1: of things about people doing something like that? You know, I I didn't because I was right when I I had gotten back, I think, and uh, a lot of things were going on. But I'm sure for me the impact was that, um, as the message said, we're always on the witness stand, so to speak. En el mensaje hablé de que siempre estamos como en el estrado de testigo para testificar. And what that means then is kind of this dual thing that, as I recall, One, it says, always be prepared. Mm. Always be prepared to give a defense or a reason. It's a legal defense, right? Not I'm defensive, like, oh, don't ask me about my faith. Mm. But a legal reasoned explanation for what I believe. So there's a preparation involved in that. That's like, yeah, let's write down the reasons that I have hope. Hay una preparación que se involucra. Voy a escribir las razones de la esperanza que hay en mí. But then on the other hand, it's like, you can't prepare for it because Jesus, in a sense, said, don't overthink this, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, don't, it, when you're brought into a situation and somebody's kind of poking your chest and saying, well, are you a Christian? What do you believe? That's the time to let the Holy Spirit, in that moment, give you what you need. And to understand, like Martin just said, it's not on you to convince or to convert. It's, mm-hmm. it's really, you're just a part of that that process of God's Spirit touching people. Y, y, y la otra parte es que no hay que prepararse porque en ese momento Jesús nos da su Espíritu Santo como para ayudarnos a, a, a testificar y hablar uh, sin tener que depender de nuestras propias fuerzas. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's such a good practice too of um, Thanksgiving and uh, just being grateful for what God's doing in our lives when we do dwell on that hope that we have inside of us, right? And Mm -hmm. when we are living each day and we can wake up and say, God, I'm grateful for these things. um, Then when someone asks us, it's not like, what did what did I write down or what, do I, what am I That's supposed to right. say at this moment? It's just, what's your natural heart at that moment mm-hmm. to say, well, what did I wake up grateful from God today? You know? Yeah. Um, did I thank him for my home? Did I thank him for my family? Mm-hmm. Uh, did I wake, thank him for just from the waking up, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and being able to live in that, that place is just a
1: healthy, place for all Christians, uh, regardless, you know, I feel like. It's kind of a muscle memory thing, again, mm-hmm. going back to what Martín said. Es, es como el desarrollo de ese, esa memoria muscular, si se dice así, de repetir las esperanzas y las razones de la esperanza que tenemos.
2: Yeah, I, I've heard uh, uh, this quote, and I don't remember who said it first, but I, I love it so much because it captures what you were saying, Greg. It, it's that attitude of being... Grateful, you know, um, you know after a while, when you become a Christian, you become kind of a nerd, you know, you start digging into the Bible, which is important and we all have to do. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, should we live our lives uh, in this theology or this doxology? Mm-hmm. you know and that difference to me is living out what Christ did for us it's a it's a doxology it's not theology it is it is a song of praise it is a song of gratitude it is telling the story mm-hmm. so more than knowing i think it's living and letting the holy spirit you know show through our faces through our <laughs> voices through mm-hmm. all all that we do you know
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, causing that curiosity in people's lives. Right. Mm-hmm. To say, like, you just seem a little different. Like what, what's motivating you? What's what's different about you? And to oh. be able to there, right? Uh, answer the question, in a sense. So,
2: yeah, exactly. You
1: know, Greg, um, you know, you were the one that kind of proposed this whole series and kind of helped us to put it together. Tell us about your experience with the messages that you brought um, and, uh, you know, how that how that played out for you.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we, we were talking as a group about uh, what we wanted to preach this summer, and um, I think uh, when we kind of landed on evangelism, um, we, we've we gone through a lot of uh, books um, about how we do that well, how you build discipleship, uh, how you, and that's something that God's really been working with me. I mean, I'm the pastor of discipleship here, um, that's for a reason, I've been thinking a lot about it, um, and Really, uh, evangelism is a part of discipleship. It's not like mm. two different things. They're, they right. go hand in hand. You, know, you you don't just disciple people who are Christians. You disciple people who are on their journey towards God, uh, away from God. At any moment, we can be that spark, that catalyst that God uses to to work in someone's life. And so mm-hmm. um, I think that's okay. part of the reason we kind of built it this way, that it was not something necessarily that we're going to do. It was just something that should uh, overflow in your life and yeah. infectious, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's why we kind of started out as what that is and then went through who was called to do it, which was all of us. Yeah. We didn't, no one's off the hook. If <laughs> yep. <That's a> <laughs> You're a Christian. Guess what? This is your call. Mm-hmm. And then uh, kind of, just started trying to take down some of those excuses that we have. Um, And I think actually the next series or next message that we had, Russ uh, was very convicting of uh, hospitality. And uh, really I felt like uh, more than anything, you kind of, uh, maybe you are just preaching to me and my wife, but poked at us to say, you, you know, you don't have to have the perfect house. You don't have to have a perfectly clean house, which with three boys is impossible. Yeah. Uh, so we always had excuses. And then, you know, God just kind of stripped some of those away that yeah. Sunday <laughs> Yeah, no, <laughs> and I said,
1: would... no, everyone's called to do this. And, and it's yeah. such a great tool. I was actually poking at me in that sermon <laughs> uh, uh, because I have the same barriers. Like, oh man, you know, this needs painting, uh, that needs to have a deep cleaning done, and mm-hmm. and all those little things that you allow to get in the way. And I think for me, um, uh, en cuanto a la hospitalidad, hubo un momento de revelación. There was a, a moment of revelation when I understood the meaning the, the meaning of that word hospitality in Greek as simply a love for strangers. Mm-hmm. Es un amor al extraño. Esa es la hospitalidad you've heard of xenophobia, right? Xenophobia is a fear of strangers. There's a lot of xenophobia Mm. in our world today. You know, somebody's a different culture, race, or just a nationality or whatever, or just they don't vote like me. So that's xenophobia. Hospitality flips that and Mm. says, I'm going to love this stranger. um, And one of the ways I'm going to do that is let them into my life, warts and all and, you know, uh, dust on the furniture and, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, el opuesto del, de la xenofobia, que es el, la fobia o el miedo de los extraños, la, la, el amor a los extraños es la hospitalidad, es, es permitir que alguien entre en su vida.
2: Yeah, one of the things that makes me uh, think uh, that particular message about hospitality, it's how um, against the culture hmm. that message was, because... You know, we we like our bubble. You know, we like mm-hmm. our people. We like our family. We have, we love having gatherings with people that we know, that we hang out with, mm-hmm. that we, you know, maybe cheer for the same team. You know, and and it is fine. It there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. But again, you know, I think the, the the message of the cross. It is always challenging us to stretch ourselves mm-hmm. to. Invite somebody that we don't know, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, to uh, take that next step of being, uh, yeah, against the grain, against the culture.
1: In our in our comunidad amanecer group, our Spanish speakers who meet after worship, we talked about this, and it was there where it hit me that as an as a as an American, a North American from the United States, our culture really says the host is king. Hmm. Nuestra cultura dice que la, el, el anfitrión es el rey. In other words, when you come to my house, you're coming to my castle. And hmm. I will tell you when you can come in and when you can't. And in a lot of cultures throughout the rest of the world, it's the opposite. En hmm. otras todo lo opuesto. The guest is king. And when they come to your door, you open up and they come in. In otras culturas, el invitado is el rey. They ellos deben la hospitalidad de You should be giving them hospitality because they are the ones that are honored. And, and how weird it is that our, you know, at least in, in the culture I grew up in, it was more of, you know, put out the moat, drop the bridge, <laughs> you know, get the alligators in there and make sure nobody <laughs> can come in, right? So. <laughs> That's
2: right. Hmm. So true.
0: I think that's uh, interesting. That, uh, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, yeah, that's that's the idea, right? You close the doors that you don't want people to go into. You lock them, maybe. You're <laughs> you're allowed this far into my home, um, but then we sometimes even put up blockades. Uh, not not just with our homes, but in, even in our own lives, yeah. where uh, you know we'll we'll paint our good picture of like this. I'm a perfect Christian. Uh, you can know all the good things, but the moment that we have any struggles, we want to shut everyone else out. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, that that includes other Christians sometimes, where we're we're saying, you know, I don't want to expose my whole life to and, and all my junk, and not that we all need to be sharing our. Our worst sides, but at the same time, when we don't have, we don't allow people to have that support system uh, for one another, mm-hmm. uh, that becomes a problem. I think that's a tool from the enemy who's trying mm-hmm. to divide us and, mm-hmm. and yeah, say, "No, I'm you're supposed to do this all your own." Right? Yeah, right.
2: And, and Greg, you know, the, the the series was so conducive to challenge us all. Me, for instance, I am uh, I'm the opposite. I'm a very extrovert person. We love hosting people. We love having people over. But sometimes we stay there, mm-hmm. you know, and then we don't go to the next level, which is the spiritual conversation. Yeah. So that's where the challenge um, was present for my life and mm-hmm. for my family. So the the whole series was structured to let the word speak to all of us. You know, those mm-hmm. who are extroverts, the, the, the party time people, you know, like mm-hmm. me, we want to be with people <laughs> all the time, you know. Uh-huh. But then, you know, hey. There is something uh, valuable here. Let's take it to the next level.
1: Well, and that's where Greg's message on, on asking questions uh-huh. really fit well. in de Greg acerca de hacer las preguntas you talked about. You've quoted it before, putting a pebble in people's shoes. And mm-hmm. I, loved, I loved how Paul, uh, you know, he really came into a different culture, and he came with his own questions. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, he was able to, to somehow get the curiosity of the people Uh, in Athens Mm -hmm. kind of opened up to where they were starting to wonder who this unknown God was. Yeah, uh, something that
0: uh, didn't make it to the pulpit necessarily was uh, a little bit actually about Paul's life and his journey that Mm -hmm. um, he actually grew up in a a system where uh, he was somewhat of a philosopher himself and uh, would have had some of this schooling uh, being from where he was from. And uh, so he, he would have had some of these, uh, he would have been excited to be in Athens hmm. in that sense to be like, this is where the elite came from. Uh, this is where, you know, uh, I can come and give some, some. this would have been something that even before Jesus, he would have been excited to go and challenge some thinking and, and been in part of those kind of circles um, just from his uh, own upbringing. And so it's cool how uh, God uses sometimes our past Uh, to Mm. really be the bridge to some of the people around us to say, you know, he naturally was curious. He had some of these things. uh, He had studied some of these philosophers before. Uh, He wasn't just doing it there in Athens. He had this history uh, with it. And so he was able to bring some of that into the conversation. And I think that 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 really speaks to us and say, you know, hey, God's rescued a lot of us from a lot of different things. And sometimes he'll use that to poke at Mm. someone else's uh, situation and say, you know, hey, Mm. you know, what do you think about this? And to bring our own experiences, um, and so I, 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 uh, I love talking to people, and I think it's something that uh, you know all of us can do when it when we can shift it to be intentional, kind of like mm-hmm. what you were saying. That's what mm-hmm. as you were talking, I was thinking is that intentionality that it takes right. to to not just be Mr. Fun Good Time, but uh, also not shut anyone out, but just to say, Hey, I'm mm-hmm. going to spend time with you. Uh, I want to love you. I want to get to know you, and uh, I want to open up my life to you. And let's let's have a good, honest conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I I remember having this uh, sit down meeting with a friend of mine. Uh, he has a, uh, comes from a different background than mine, and um, I just hey, let's sit down and talk. And and I can share my faith. You can share your faith, and let's have this conversation. And the whole time, uh, he was he had brought a whole bunch of books with him. And uh, was just flipping through his books, going yeah. to his experts, and I, I remember like putting my hands on the table and say, "Listen, I, I just want to talk to you. Like, yeah, I just want to yeah, talk yeah. to you <laughs> about your experience. Why do you believe right. what you believe?" And uh, he he had he couldn't do it. He he kind of put him away and was just like, "I don't know." And we kind of shut wow. down the conversation. And I was like, "Man, I I just want to talk to you. Like, you don't have to. I don't want to debate you. I don't want to argue with you. Right, I just want right. to ask you questions, and I want to be open for you to ask me questions." And, uh, and he did, but it was they were always, like, with a, with a dagger. Right. There's always a little more uh, jab to it. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think this is a safe place. <laughs> but it, it, I just think that if we can have more people being willing to open up their, their lives like that, I think that it's such a powerful tool.
2: Yeah, you know, we were talking about Paul, and uh, there is a, a, a really cool example uh, with how Paul intentionally gets closer to uh, Priscilla and Aquila Mm-hmm. And this amazing couple, you know, and they, why he ended up with these people? Well, because they were co workers. They were part of the same uh, industry, you know, they mm-hmm. were ten makers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was, there was a natural connection. There was something o- organic already in place for them to establish this relationship, you know, and then, you know, uh, we, we know that Paul and Priscilla and Aquila, they worked together. And I'm guessing, you know, after a full day of work, they would go and hang out and talk about spiritual things. Mm-hmm. And then we see Apollo coming into the picture later, you know, uh, influenced, basically discipled by Priscilla and Aquila. And, uh, and you see the natural connections happening, you know, throughout the 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 book of Acts with Paul and then these guys, for example, mm-hmm. this couple, and then Apollos and the influence he has on many people. So it is it is very cool to see that.
1: I think that's really important to understand. You don't have to be an expert in in what you're not an expert in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You, you know, even within your own calling, your own vocation, whether that's farming, whether that's business, uh, teaching. You know, I mean, you just referenced that a couple of minutes ago. You're a teacher, so here's something I know. You know, there are connections to be made with the message of of the gospel of Jesus. Uh, dentro de tu propia I think that's really important because it's it's sad when people feel like, oh, I have to kind of shut down all this stuff in my life over here that I know about and now I'm entering into something I don't know about. I'm not an expert in the Bible. I'm not an expert in theology. Well, yes, you are. You're an expert in lived theology. Right. <laughs> if you're walking with Jesus every day, He's in your business. He's in your daily activities. As a parent, mm-hmm. He's in you know your interactions with your kids. Draw upon that and see where He's at.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Something I forgot to mention, uh, I had it in my notes and I just didn't <laughs> it didn't come out my mouth on that Sunday, was to, uh, to even highlight to our congregation how much they probably think about this stuff more than other people do. I mean, not a lot of people spend once a week coming and thinking about where they are at spiritually, you know, what their thoughts are. So even if you're just coming to church, and, uh, you know, we always invite you to do a lot more than that, read your Bible daily, come to the classes, come and develop, grow beyond that. But even at the very minimum of all you're doing is coming in on a Sunday, you are still thinking about, uh, your spiritual journey, your your life, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, a lot more than normal society is. Right. Uh, most so of us true, are just yeah. distracted, you know, <laughs> in America. Yep. And so, uh, I would highlight that as well: is, is don't underestimate what God does, even if it's just that minimal uh, amount of uh, of church that you're getting. Mm-hmm.
1: And that is a, something about a testimony. It's your story with Jesus. You are the expert on that.
2: Yeah, that is right. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, and uh, that this whole series also frees us from uh, thinking that we have to be uh, specialized in sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, the big temptation of uh, the world we live in. You know, we you have to be, a sp- you know, a special, a specialized mm-hmm. in a field to su- succeed. But, mm-hmm. you know, in this spiritual world, it is about that, sharing our story. We don't have to be an expert. We don't have to be pastor We can be pastoral, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So then what do we do? Just share our story, ¿verdad? Mm-hmm. Esto de compartir nuestra historia, evitar la tentación de decir, ah, no, es que solo los expertos pueden mm-hmm. compartir la fe. No, es, es para todos. Yeah, and the reality
1: is I'm not an expert either. I mean, uh, just when I get across a table with somebody and I'm having coffee with them, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm. Uh, it's level ground there. We're all mm-hmm. in the challenge of how can God use me to connect with this person. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, we need the Holy Spirit for that. Amen.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that gets us to the last Sunday, uh, mm-hmm. Russ, with uh, your challenge, kind of of uh, how do we share our faith with yeah. the unseen world and and uh, share the share the gospel with the next generation, and then uh, your kind of announcement of what God's kind of uh, speaking into your life, your and Mindy's life, with mm-hmm. uh, what's next. And so, I uh, just was wondering, wanted to open the door for that. I mean, did you get? Uh, bombarded right after church? Did they uh, chain you to your desk so you couldn't leave? You know, <laughs> I mean, maybe they're still well, working on those plans. You know? I don't know,
1: yeah. It was obviously it was a big Sunday and uh, a big, a big uh, moment to open up and and let the congregation know what's going on and where where my wife and I have been over the last few months and years even. But uh, yeah, you know, one person. Uh, who I love dearly, jokingly said, I liked the first half of your message and the second half I didn't like so much. And and I get it. I get that very much. But yeah, um, yeah you know, I, again, I hope what we were doing, you know, beyond just explaining the congregation where I'm at, it's, it's. I hope that's a living example of of how really all of us need to be thinking long-term hmm. in some way of what's what is God wanting me to leave behind and that really was something from the heart to be able to see how um, Paul was so clear about that with Timothy and that living, sincere, unhypocritical faith. That's what we pass on. We're not going to pass on. Uh, I have a PhD in, you know, Bible, and I know all my Bible trivia. No, we're going to pass on that, hey, I was following Jesus in the highs and in the lows. Mm -hmm. And that's the blessing of where I've been in the last 25 years with Sunrise. We have walked together in the highs and the lows. Hemos caminado en esta iglesia durante 25 años en los altibajos de la vida. And this congregation, many in this congregation have seen me on the floor at my lowest moments. Hmm and in those great moments, too. And so uh, there's a freedom in that. There's a blessing in that. I, I, I celebrate that. And at the same time, um, I'm in this weird space where God is saying, I want you to continue to go forward. And there's some very specific reasons that I outlined, family reasons, but also impact reasons, because, yeah, time keeps ticking away. And I I don't feel like I'm my age, but at some point I will. Hmm. And I want to leave it all on the table, right? I want to make sure everything is left uh, that I can for the Lord. And I think all of us should want that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: One thing that you kept highlighting in your message that I thought was uh, powerful and something that just uh, I'm still chewing on is how, um, it's not necessarily about the the stuff that we build or that we have, kind of like what you said with the education, but it's about who we get to influence, right? And that's where you mm-hmm. see the kingdom of God. And something that is always, uh, I think, blows me away is how much God just goes all in with his kingdom, with his people. Uh, he, he He created the heavens and the earth, and then he allowed us to to run it, and then we messed it all up, and yet he didn't throw us away. Uh, He doubled down and he he, then he came down and lived a perfect life and then dies the death that we should have died Mm -hmm. and then reinvests in us. Right. (laughs) It gives us the Holy Spirit and then says, like, with you guys, I'm going to build my church on, on my my truth. Right. And on on the cross. And and he uses humanity to, again, build his church and he continues to see it grow. And it's always just not. The buildings, we're not looking at buildings mm-hmm. from two thousand years ago and saying, Oh, that's the one that Peter made. Mm-hmm. Uh we're we're looking at the fact that no, this movement, this Christian movement, mm-hmm. started with Jesus and twelve guys and just exploded and yeah. and so, and that's that's the kingdom. That's what
1: yeah. the influence, right? It didn't start with us and it mm-hmm. doesn't end with us. Amen. We're in the flow of over two thousand years of the Jesus movement, right? And and we have so many great examples behind us. And we need to be thinking about what is ahead of us. And I really love that line from the Psalms. We will declare yet to children yet unborn mm-hmm. the wonders of God. Okay, uh, vamos yeah. a declarar aún a, a las generaciones venideras los que habrán de
2: nacer. Yeah, and it, w- w- there was a um, powerful visual illustration on Sunday when you invited those who were 25 or younger to stand up. Yeah. And you said... See, guys, we weren't thinking on you guys, you know, when we first started this church. Mm -hmm. But my goodness, what an incredible visual testimony to know that it is the the legacy of Christ. You know, Mm -hmm. the faithfulness of this church members, Mm -hmm. the leadership, everybody involved um, now being uh, an impact tool to the next generation. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that was such a cool uh, uh, visual for all of us.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it brought me back to uh, over 30 years ago. I believe it'll be 32 years this Sunday uh, that I was ordained as a pastor, and it was 32 years in May that I graduated from seminary. I can remember a very specific moment on my patio in seminary right after graduation and just realizing, you know where you're going. You don't even know the faces of the people you're going to see. You don't know who this is for. Hmm. Uh, And maybe I was just thinking of, like, the next few months, but really, over thirty plus years, and then you go beyond that another thirty years or forty, and you say you don't know what God is going to use you to do or who He will use to Im- you to impact. And mm-hmm. no sabemos quién Dios nos va a usar para impactar en este mundo. That's why the glory goes to Him, and it really needs to be about Jesus. He's the pastor of Sunrise. That's yeah. why I'm, you know, I'm at peace with this. You know, this next step. It's hard but I'm at peace because Mm -hmm. Jesus is still the pastor. Mm -hmm. He is. Yes.
0: Amen. Yeah. And uh, still probably have a lot of questions. If people have questions for you on any Mm -hmm. of that, uh, what's the process that I can do? Are they reach out to
1: you? Please. Yes. Uh, Phone call, email. uh, Hey, let's get together for coffee. I hope in the next uh, coming months, as this gets closer and closer, just to be in people's homes, or maybe have them over to my home. Now that I know a little bit more about hospitality, <laughs> um, but yeah, just I think we've we've got to talk it out, and there's going to be the feelings f- all over the map. You know, we might go from laughing to crying in in the same sentence, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Va a ser bueno tener una conversación, un diálogo continuo en este proceso de transición. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and that's kind of the challenge for uh, everyone watching this too is is to take the time to process, um, not not just uh, shut it out, not just ignore it, but mm-hmm. to to have conversations with one another, and uh, especially with you and Mindy. And um, the, I think one uh, one of our leaders talked about the fact that you know they we were. Noticing that you counted, you know, not not today, not this week, not this month, but you yeah. stopped after six months. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, don't drag your feet. You got at least six months, is what yes. he promised us, oh, yeah. and so
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe more, much more than that. Is, I think so, yeah. some more. But I mean, at some point, we will have that more clear sure. of yeah. when that when that stepping off point is. But we at least wanted to provide some space in front of us to begin working this. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and to start the conversation more so okay. than anything. Uh, well, the one last thing I wanted to end with uh, was just uh, you know what was the feedback like with this no longer strangers uh, campaign? Uh, did you did you feel like it hit the mark? Did you feel like uh, you know what was what was your guys' experience? Uh, I mean, you were gone for a
2: lot of it, but yeah, I was gone uh, a couple of weeks. So um, what I've heard, what people has have shared with me is uh, the importance of doing this, and uh, they they are doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was mm-hmm. talking to a, a family, and he said. They were telling me how, how cool experience it was to have somebody that they didn't mm. know. So it is working. So mm. uh, some of our church members are definitely uh, participating in this initiative. So I'm very excited. I'm I'm planning to have people uh, tonight at my house mm. too. So it is That's very great. Fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully it continues
1: right beyond July. Exactly. Now that we're in August. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it was us as well.
0: We're having people over uh, on Sunday and then the next Sunday and uh, Saturdays. And uh, cool. I, we were laughing about the fact that we missed most of July, but we're doing it all in August. So we're I, doing late work, that but works. it still it counts. Works. Right? It works. It yeah. works. But uh, I, I, I have felt like, and as I look around the congregation, you know, usually the summer times is a time for our church. You know, a lot of people go different places mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we feel very disjointed. Um, and I felt like this year, maybe more than most, uh, I felt like our congregation really still felt connected. Yeah. Uh, yes. There was a lot of people gathering with one another. I'd hear about so-and-so going over to so-and-so's house. And it just was such a cool mm-hmm. thing to see how yeah. God did that. Because really, we just kind of threw out the challenge and we didn't make lists. We didn't pass clipboards. Oh, uh, yeah, that was the Holy Spirit and each of the families kind of taking it on. Wow. So that was really neat.
1: Yeah. And I think for me, that's gratifying because that's infectious faith right mm-hmm. there, right? That is. Yeah. Amen.
0: Well, anything else that we want to say before we can conclude?
1: No, we've got something coming up next week, starting a new series. I don't know. Yeah, what? yeah. What is that, Russ? Well, I'm not going to say much about it. I'll give you a title. It's called Classic Sunrise. Hmm. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. So uh, make sure that you come to church next week,
0: and you can hear more about what Classic Sunrise is. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, we will see you Sunday.